You're listening to a DM podcast. When the chips are down, you gotta be in the wind, y'all. You won't believe the things that we can do. What are the things we do with our body? We do believe that we can do more. It's just a matter of faith. Them warriors come out to play. Them warriors come out to play. G'day guys, welcome to the New Zealand Warriors NRL Fantasy Preview for 2022. Now they're two songs that I found. One's the actual Golden State Warriors, and then the other one was, I think, an old one from New Zealand Warriors when they played a lot of games out of New Zealand. But New Zealand Warriors, they finished in 12th place last year, doing pretty well considering they haven't played a game in New Zealand for nearly two years. But tonight, we're going to be bringing in the Kiwi crew. We'll say good day before we rip in. Ed, you are looking pretty good there, Joey Arrow. You're looking fit, man. Yeah, mate. Been a, been a hard off-season, but yeah, ramping up for round one. Should be fully fit to go. Yeah, he's, mate, to just tell a little story about Ed, he wanted to be on Facebook Live tonight and he asked if he'd had to do his makeup. Mate, you're still oh, looking pretty off. pretty. <laughs> That's all right. Well, well, there'll be plenty of time to do, to get on the camera and other episodes. Definitely. Now, we'll bring in our main man, Shooter, who the NRL Fantasy has literally created a new rule, the Shooter rule, giving him more trades. <laughs> Timmy, you must be absolutely stoked, my man. I am. They have listened to me. How do you feel about oh, well. actually like not running out of trades and actually having trades in these final few rounds? You could oh, win the brother in law My brother-in-law reckons I'll just last a round longer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to be a classic one. All right, so 2022 gains for the New Zealand Warriors. Aaron Penn, Sean Johnson, Ash Taylor just got his contract Upgraded, and then also Jesse Arthurs. He's on loan from the Broncos. 2022, a big loss in Roger Tuavasa-Shek. Chad Townsend enjoys the Cowboys. Kane Ed Evans, I don't think anyone will miss him. Leeson Almao, <laughs> David Fasatua, Sean O'Sullivan, Paul Turner, Peter Huku, and Jermaine Tanua-Brown. But boys, let's rip into our... How good is this play? Now, Ed, we've been looking at this guy, and this guy's been on our chat quite frequently. It's you and Aiken. What value are you seeing here? Yeah, I'm massive on Aitken. He's basically a lock in my team. Uh, comes in at 540k, so it's not exactly cheap, which is a 43 break-even. However, um, by, all, uh, by all reports, it sounds like he's going to be starting in the second row this year. It, yeah. I think he'll be an 80-minute player. Uh, last year, um, he played second row in a handful of games where he averaged... He averaged 64 points a game while playing in the second row, yep. although that did have four tries in five games, which won't be a sustainable rate. But I'm... The will so, that many passes it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah which is yeah, nothing at all. Nice base, um, bud, Ed. Yeah, so he, last year while playing second row, he ran for 123 metres a game and made 36 tackles. So that's 48 points in base already. Um, and here's the sort of player that will pick up attacking stats. Yeah, Ed, do you have any concern about Torhul Harris coming back on an edge? Yeah, I worry about that when it comes to it, though. Aitken may or may not be the one that gets dropped, but it's not going to be in the first five or six rounds. So 
Either way, he's going to make his cash. Yeah, I'm, I'm behind your pick with you and Aiken as well. And I'm not as concerned about Tor Harris because I think we saw him permanently move into the middle. And also, he's got a left edge, you and Aiken. Toho always plays on the right. And coming off an ACL, I can't see them wanting to, to really stress out that lateral movement too much. I can just see him going up and down in the park in the middle. So, yeah, yeah, I'm, right, yeah I'm right behind this, this pick, actually. I think it's a really, really Toho good one. is a middle. Most of the time, even when Toho gets named at second row, he actually plays middle. He, he just is a middle. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think that's just where his game lies now, especially as he's – I think he's just gone over 30 years old as well. So, I think that's we'll yep. see – where he lies now. Moving to you, Timmy, you're really hot on Josh Curran, and a lot of people picked him up and made a lot of money from him last year. Still comes in with a nice dual positioning. What do you expect him to play first on, and then where you see the value with Josh Curran? I expect him to play at 13 while Tohu is out, and then because I reckon he'll be 80 minutes. And uh, from what I've heard, Katoa might have that right edge locked up for the first couple of rounds. And so when Katoa goes off, I see. Joshy probably moving on to the edge and then uh, maybe Jazz or someone coming into the middle. Yeah. And then I'm not too worried about Tohu coming back because, like you say, uh, Tohu could even, I reckon, they started playing him at proper a couple of games, or naming him at prop at least in a couple of games last year. It could be something that they that they do as well and bring maybe Lodge off the bench or something. I don't know. Yeah. Falls definitely isn't your issue, boys, because when you think, you know, we're all suggesting Tohu moves into the middle. You know, they've got a great prop in AFB in Adam Fanua Blake and Matt Lodge. They've just bought Aaron Penn, who's coming off a good season with the Storm. Already they've got Bunny Afoa still, and they've got Jazz, as you've just mentioned. Like, they've got a fair little rotation happening there. You mentioned Katoa, who's a budding little superstar. Like, he's only played the game for two years. He's been a rugby player yeah. all his life. So, considering that and the way that you and Aikens transformed and Josh Curran, like, forwards definitely is not your issue right now. No. Nah. Yeah, I'm only, I'm only worried about for the Warriors, just worried about the backs a little bit. I don't, I think they're a little bit light in the backs in terms of uh, just like that star factor. Yeah. You got Reese Walsh, obviously, but still young. Yeah, that three quarter line. Well, boys, I went for an Aiden Fanua Blake. Like, I've always been pretty hot on him. 651K, a break even of 52. I think it's, you know, the Lodge suspension really opens up the door for him to play big minutes. We saw that at the end of last year, and with such a big guy, just the ability to play those big minutes. So you miss Lodge and Tohu early. I think he's the step-up factor. And when you think about it, he's he's got some really decent base coming off last year. 160 metres, 26 tackles. So he gets through the work. And then, he's, like, the new rules don't really affect him because he's only got 2.2 tackle breaks, but he's also got 1.3 offloads. So that's... They literally just rule each other out. And those the last 10 games, he averaged 55. So I'm thinking that he also plays that buy in round 13. So in my team, I'm still going between the money factor and I'm, I'm tossing up between him and Stefano at the moment, boys. But I've got no problem putting Adam in because I know that he's going to reward. The only issue I've got is that he only played 15 games last year and only 15 games in 2020. So maybe a little bit injury prone. So we've just got to be careful. But... He did see some good some good game time at the end of the year. Ed, you got something, Ed? Yeah, last year he only played 15 games because he, wasn't he injured at the start of the season? So yeah. it's not like it was another injury last year. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So that's why it's kind of – I'm going to sweep that maybe a little bit under the carpet because I feel that, like you just said, he did come back and play 12 or 13 games late in the season that probably showed that he can, he can be a nice little stick and pick sort of 
mid because that's where we're going to get a lot of points this year. Yeah. All right, boys. He's moving. definitely super fit. Sorry, Timmy, go. He's definitely super fit for his size. Like you've been checking out his, you've been checking him out in his guns on on Facebook or something, <laughs> have you, mate? Yeah, mate. <laughs> no, you you guys always go on about Nico Hines and all that being the best looking player. The best looking player in the NRL is Tohu Harris. What do you mean, you guys? Don't put me oh. in with TK. <laughs> all, you, all you Aussie guys. <laughs> all right, I'm not the Sharks fan, boy. Yeah, that's true. That's true. No, 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 no. <laughs> All right. Well, we talked about a few duds in the back line, but there is a few duds also in the halves. Now, I'll let you start, Ed. Cody Nikarima. Yep. Cody Nikarima, 523K, 42 break-even. Um, why would you? Um, he's not even a short of a starting spot. To be honest, That obviously SJ is going to play every game, and I think there are others... The other half spot is going to be a revolving door all year. Nico will play sometimes. CHT will play sometimes. Ash Taylor will play sometimes. And none of them will string together a bunch of games. SJ is going to do most of the playmaking and kicking. Um, I don't really see what that leaves for guys like that. Yeah, it seems. They remind me a lot of the LA Lakers this year. The LA Lakers, you know, they recruited Carmelo Anthony and all these stars that were like, their show rules, like from 2017, that's kind of what. Ash, yeah, it's kind of like what Ash Taylor and Sean Johnson, and into an, even to an extent, Chanel Harris Tavita. Now he's the guy on your list here, Timmy. Tell me what you don't like about Chanel this year. I don't like any of the halves of the Warriors, to be honest, in terms <laughs> of um, fantasy relevancy. Because, like Ed said, you don't know who's going to play. Um, SJ is injury prone. Ash Taylor, we don't know what. Hopefully, like I'm hopeful, like a, a fit and firing Ash Taylor turns up and proves everyone wrong because I know he, I'm pretty sure he can. Um, Chanel, he just lacks a kicking game. His best, his best asset is, uh, is, um, is tackling. He just, he just doesn't offer much an attack for a half, especially if they're going to play, play him at six or whatever. He just doesn't offer much running game or. Anything like that, and Cody, uh, I don't see much value in him. Though I have heard he may may have a bench spot coming to hooker for a little bit, yep. possibly. Which which I do like. I think fourteen has been Cody's best best position. But I just don't think any of them offer anything fantasy wise. Yeah, I think Ed makes a good point. It's well, we both do with lack of clarity, and you just don't know who's going to be there. And then you think. Sean Johnson's game, like he's become such a game manager because his body's changed from all the injuries that even now the new rules don't really help him because the kick meters go away. He probably loses his goal kicking really to a Reese Walsh or whoever plays 5-8 in that first game. So, And then the realistic thing is Sean does so much kicking, the number six will do no kicking. So even if it was someone like a CHT, all of a sudden all his kick meters just try out, his goal kicking dries out. And you're probably seeing a guy that averages like 30. And there's just zero value there. So I think you're both spot yep. on there. All right, boys. We can see some maybe a little bit more value in our cashies. Why don't I start with this one? Because I brought this one to your attention. Actually, Timmy, you brought me this guy last year, late in the year. And you were huge on Rocco Berry. So I kept a good eye on him. And his last four games at center, he averaged 38. And... He's got some huge pedigree being his dad, Martin Berry, being a former All Black himself. So Rocco himself comes from a rugby union background and he's only 20 years old and he showed some real ability to find the trial on at the end of last year. 
And his base can improve. He's only averaging 62 metres a game, and I'm sure they'll work on that over the off-season. But he's not shy on defence either. He can hit, and he does his tackles well. Efficiency's really good. Averaging 21 tackles a game. At the moment, he's coming in at 358k, a break-even at 29. I sense 10 points value there. And with a dual-wing fullback centre, and everyone's stacking into Stephen Crichton, I just see just a little bit of an ability to move away from that and maybe see someone with a little bit more upside and a little bit of a pod potential. So for me, Rocco Berry's my main man. Now, boys, moving to you, you've got a winger. What can you tell us about Radova? Is that how you pronounce it, Tim? Ratuva, I think. He's a he's a Fijian guy. He's, come, he's actually uh, um, come out of the Crusaders Rugby Academy a couple of years ago. And I also think he was in the storm system after after the Crusaders for a little bit. Okay. So he must have like a little bit of talent. And all, all the clips I've seen of him, he is a huge player for a winger. And I think, well, I know, I know, like tackle busting that have gone down in points, but yep. I don't know. Maybe he can offer you a little bit of a cashy option if he is a smoky on the wing there. Could you tackle him, Timmy? No, I can tackle anyone, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Give yourself a round. <laughs> so he's your smoky. Let's move to someone that's kind of like a mid-range cashier here, Ed. And you've been high on this guy pretty much all off-season, telling us in the chat, get behind this guy, Eli Katoa. And I know that you are too, Tim. So why don't we start with you, Ed, and then you can add your, your bit as well, Timmy. Yeah, I think Katoa, um, he should, he's at that price, I think he's going to do well as long as he starts, which I think he will. Um, he's priced at what thirty three um, break even, I believe. Yeah, as a, yeah. As, a, as a starting second row, I believe his average is low forties from about low sixty minutes, which is probably what the role will be. So I think you're going to get close to ten points value there. Do be aware, I, um, he will probably be the one to make way for Tohu when he comes back. In my opinion. Okay. To me. Yeah, and I, like I think his points are probably um, watered down a little bit. He had a bit of a second year syndrome last year, I reckon, because mm. that first year he was like at the start he was looking gun, and then last year he picked up a few injuries and just seemed to be down in confidence a bit. So I don't know. I reckon he could pick up some good cash. Yeah, you make a good point because um, I do remember Nathan Brown saying that he needed to go back to reserve grade, and then COVID happened again, yeah. and then reserve grade was scrapped. So literally, his yep. development was kind of pushed out of the way a little bit, and then he ended up just being a bit of a bench player in the end of the day. Yeah, he would have got rookie of the year the year before, I reckon, if he uh, oh, it was close. If he um, played the whole season, and he had a few suspensions and things like that, but I reckon he has potential to be pretty gun. Eh? Yeah, for sure. All right, boys, favorite time of the night. Trap city bitch. Trap trap city bitch. Trap city bitch. Trap trap city bitch. Trap city bitch. Trap trap city bitch. All right, I think we're all going to get, yeah, the same guy, Sean Johnson. Timmy, take it away first. Not much to say, is he? <laughs> You've probably, already ripped him up. Yeah, he's, he's probably going to play about 10 games all season, <laughs> um, kick meters, all that stuff. I, I just, people will pick him up and then they'll be trading him out pretty quickly, I reckon. Yeah, name value. What do you reckon, Ed? He loses ten points just for losing for leaving the Sharks, right? <laughs> That's what you reckon. You'd be talking in all seat or preseason. <laughs> I think he'll probably just sit around that same value that he's that he's at at the moment, which is not what you want. 
How many games do you realistically think he's going to play? 15. That's what he's like, isn't he? Even in his heyday, he was only playing three quarters of the season. He's just so injury prone, isn't he? You just can't be wasting picks on this guy. And just with the yeah, goal. he doesn't. He doesn't seem like the sort of player that likes to play through knocks and minor injuries like some players do. He seems pretty happy to sit out. Yeah, he doesn't have the best reputation with his teammates for doing that as well. They were quite off him last <laughs> year for his softness. So yeah, <laughs> are you starting rumors, TK? No, <laughs> I'm not starting rumors. It's fact. But yeah, back just having a look just when he was at his best and him at his tackle breaking best. He's always been a very he's always kind of been somewhere around that three to four hundred kick meters. And I think that will continue considering the game plan that probably Nathan Brown has brought him to the Warriors to play. But as we all know, those kick meters just aren't there this year with a divided by thirty. So there goes his value. So you can project the low forties. Even in maybe even a draft league, I would not go high on John Johnson. I just think there's better halves out there that can probably get you that 50 points every game. I think you'll be getting 40 to 45 from Sean Johnson, and then you'll get the occasional big score to kind of make him look better than what he is, and then he'll come back to the pack a little bit. Inconsistency, I feel. He's never he's never been a long kicker either. He's always been like, you know, those just high bombs or um, little short chips into the corner. He's, he's never had like a very good long kicking game, I don't reckon. Like yeah. His kicking game has never been that elite, I don't, I don't feel. I think it's improving, but I think you're right, especially when he was at his best. I don't think – I think it's better now than it was when he was at his best. Yeah, he's, I reckon he can probably manage a game way better than he did when he was at the Warriors last time. Yeah, he learned to it. Once all those injuries kicked in, I think he just learned to do that. But, boys, any other trap cities? I think that's it. No, you've got another yeah, Ash, one, Ash Taylor, do you? Ed? Yeah, Ash Taylor is a massive trap. It's a, he's a trap that'll actually lure people in as well because they'll see that 379k price tag and say, oh, what if he goes back to his best? But his best is ages ago. <laughs> he's um, he's never averaged into the 40s or above. And I don't see why that would change this year, especially with everything we've said about Vic and Sean Johnson taking all the stats. I just don't see where the points would come from. I think people are going to buy him. It's going to do fuck all, and then they're going to have to sell him. Yeah, Ed, just something that's come to mind. With the schedule at the moment, the Warriors are due to play home games if everything goes to plan some halfway through the season. Does that make the Warriors a better proposition to pick up players, even though they're on the round 13 bye? Would you pick up players towards that time and thinking that they've got a home run um, instead of now? Yeah. Yeah, maybe depending on the player. I certainly wouldn't take that into account now because anyone that you get now that isn't a keeper, you probably will have traded already before it gets to that point. Mm. Like you, you don't keep your cash cows for half a season usually. Maybe that's a better question for you. If you load up into the Warriors knowing that they're playing the round 13 bye, yep. would you get rid of them knowing that they're going to be missing the round 17 or would you keep them knowing that they've got the home run that they might, they've never had for two years? If they're not a keeper, once they max out in price, um, I generally flick them on unless I'm holding them for the next buy. Okay. Timmy, any thoughts on that before we move on? Right, to be honest, I think the Warriors team probably only has about three, three four potential keepers anyway. Yeah. I mean, Karen 
Tohu when he comes back. Lodge possibly. Yeah. And a and oh, Aiken and a and um Adam Fenor Blake. Yeah. But yeah, I I don't really see it being affected to be honest. I think you you wouldn't have many warriors in your team unless foot somehow is a miracle in me. Okay, cool. All right, last one boys. It's some draft action, and I know that Ed, you're not huge on draft, on draft, but it's always good to hear your opinion on players. Talk to me a little bit about. Oh, you've got you. You're going to match up with you and Aiken again. Yeah. Um, so I've already talked about the good points about Aiken, but from a draft perspective, I'd also say that he's someone that could fall fly under the radar a little bit mm. because you know where you know when you're doing your draft and it's all in order by averages from last year. Because of his games at centre, he's going to be sort of stashed at quite a lot lower down the list than I think he will score this year. So I think you're about to pick him up relatively late, and it'll be a good pickup. Yeah, and it's one of those things, especially the ones that do don't do their homework and just print off the sheet that has all the averages. You're right, and then they miss him because obviously his edge averages. We know his edge averages a lot better than his centre average because we're talking about what 64 versus 36 as the two different averages at the two different positions. But for me, we do draft pretty heavily, and I would love to get him. I would love to get – if I can see him or Bird at that round, my pick four or five, handy, especially right now when we're thinking there's going to be a lot of players just moving and being out week to week when you've got the ability to play that edge and that centre position. And that's in yeah. classic as well. I think that's where their value lies, the fact that you're not going to get a lot of quality centre edges that you can continuously flip around – we saw at the end of last year how short we were in those two positions. I think they're the two positions where I ended up pretty much the shortest. And it kind of killed me, especially remember that round when Ryan Madison and Corey Hero and Naira both got sent off in the same round. And then they ended up getting suspended and then it was all over. That's where my yeah. points got smashed. But yep, I remember Meta burning me. <laughs> huge. Now, a guy that we probably didn't speak of, but he actually has pretty good numbers, Tim. And at the end of the last year, I think it was five games he played at lock, and that's uh, Bailey Sirenin. Uh, Sirenin. Yeah, like, like I'm not a big um, draft player either. I played my first lot of draft last year, but I found it quite enjoyable. Um, but yeah, Sir is probably not someone that I'd pick up in classic. So I just thought he might, might be someone that probably falls down later in the draft. It'd probably be like quite a little handy bench cover or something um, for draft. I don't see too many other um, options in that Warriors team that you'd really want for draft other than obvious ones like possibly Aitken and yeah, yeah. Noah Blake. I Lodge, think that's where the value lies. But not a bad call. Pop him on the bench. He'll, he'll get you a nice... It'll be interesting to see how the trials go as well with Ciro because he did... He did play pretty well at the back end, so maybe Katoa does yep. pip him, and then Katoa moves Curran, as you guys mentioned before, into that lock position, and then Bailey maybe comes off the bench for 30, 40 minutes, but he can still accumulate. He goes, he's got a good PPM, so someone to look out there for. All right, boys, the next one we're going to be recording is the Cowboys, but let's leave with the team song. Ladies and gentlemen, it's bye for now. <laughs> that song's too no 
See you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>